Welcome to another episode of Generally Assembled, your favorite House Republican podcast. My name is Jason Gattisman, joined by Mike Straub. Uh, Representative Jesse Topper is out this week. All right, well, let's dive right in here, folks. Uh, still have this issue of Democrats trying to redefine what a majority is by saying that a 99-101 minority gives them a majority. Uh, I believe News Nation put it uh, proper when they said this is a bonkers battle for the PA House, <laughs> a battle which has already been won by the math. The math puts Republicans in the majority, 101-99. And, you know, I think it's been interesting, Mike, watching the media narrative here over the last week turn away from who has the majority to a quibble over the date the elections have been scheduled. Yeah. And in fact, there's been an interesting sort of twist in that somehow it's crazy to even entertain the idea of having these elections on, say, the primary election date, which if you look at the record of Brian Cutler as then speaker, he had to schedule six special elections, all of which were held on already established election dates, as in either on the primary election day or the general election day. And that was something that was done in terms of cost savings, because that's when counties are already spending money to hold elections, and also in terms of voter turnout. That was when people expect to go out and vote. And not once did any newspaper write an angry op-ed calling Brian Cutler delaying or any other mean thing. Uh, and not once did the Democrats complain that they demand these elections be sooner because the will of the people needs to be uh, in the House as soon as possible. And it's worth pointing out that those six elections uh, were for a multitude of different reasons that members left office and for both parties, uh, you know, uh, vacating seats. And so this ongoing attack that Brian Cutler is intentionally delaying or trying to trick anyone or going against the will of the voters is so out of left field and so against what everyone has said previously every other time there's a special election which again is a term that probably isn't that necessary because there's nothing all that special about them they happen regularly well and that's exactly right mike and i think one of the things that i've been most interested in learning has been in the past how democrats have openly advocated for these elections to be held in conjunction with uh, other election dates um, noting that it would reduce voter confusion, would uh, increase turnout, and it would lower the costs on the counties. You know, I think there's there's also this other argument, which uh, we've kind of been talking about, but maybe we should be speaking out more explicitly, about something that, you know, the, the press has been making us out to be a, a Republican power grab to hope to maintain the majority for longer. When nobody is talking about what caused the situation in the first place, and it was a Democrat power grab by forcing two of their members to quit so that they could get their numbers, pump those numbers up a little bit early for them, and put us in the situation in the first place by creating a uh, fake majority that they claim to have uh, in the face of our real majority, calling and issuing writs of elections that they didn't have the authority to issue, and then putting us in a position where by the time we were able to issue our own writs after looking at the, the, the legal landscape and understanding a little bit about what we're doing, where we would then be calling two elect three elections within two weeks of each other, uh, only increasing voter confusion, increasing costs on the county. Um, you know, this was a self-created problem. If these, if, if Summer Lee and Austin Davis had resigned on November, uh, November 9th, right after the election, and said, hey, look, we won, we're going to other offices, we're resigning now, we're not going to take our seats, Representative Cutler has said he would have called all three of these elections for uh, February 7th. It's not like we were trying to delay. This is a problem that was created by the Democrats as part of their own power grab. And now we were forced with the decision of, of saying, okay, do we have the DeLuca race 
the race to fill the DeLuca seat on the 7th, which we've already agreed to, and then do we have an election now, another election a week later, or should we save the county some money, uh, eliminate voter confusion, and increase turnout for these races in, in, in conjunction with the primary? Totally. I, th- who was the first person to call for a special election to replace Tony DeLuca? That was Brian Cutler. He called for a special election on February 7th before anybody else did. And in terms of voter confusion, which is a new term that I love, is being thrown around against us. Imagine being the voter who lives in Austin Davis's district who goes, or Summer Lee's district, who goes, okay, that person is on my ballot twice. I guess I'll vote for them twice, and I'm, I'm sure it'll work out. Well, but Democrats somehow, always like to vote for people twice. But somehow, <laughs> somehow it becomes a, 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 an attack line against the Republican uh, leadership that we are trying to intentionally confuse voters or 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 silence their representation in the chamber when they they chose to run for two offices at once and then remain as the winner of two offices at once for more than a month and then wait until session was over to obey in order to quit early yeah it's it's democrats are, are their own en- enemy here they they're the ones who disenfranchised the 200,000 voters in Allegheny County by having two of their members resign early and quit. This is their own fault in the, uh, you know, I, I did this meme earlier and I'm very proud of it, but it's uh, like the Taylor Swift, the anti-hero, you know, like, you know, the Democrats are their own problem. Right. And the only action we've taken uh, since this occurred is exactly as the law is written. And now, once again, we find ourselves in court where the Democrats hope that the law is written can be molded to fit exactly what they want. You know, nobody on our side is arguing with any election results. We're very aware of what happened in November, and we're very aware of what that means for the future of this chamber for the rest of this session. But the math as it stands right now cannot be changed in court. The math is the math, and that's what's going to lead to a very, very interesting January 3rd swearing-in day. Yeah, and just like the new math in our public schools, uh, this is new math that was created by the Democrats. It's not our fault that they gave us the majority. Uh, they they handed it over to us. We didn't do us. anything. Yeah, we, we literally didn't do a, a, a darn thing. And all the news uh, folks out there who were who were we, wondering about, like, oh, what's Summer Lee going to do? Is she going to sit here and, and debate and vote for Joanna McClinton as the first speaker, uh, first, first female black speaker, uh, and then hop on a, on a helicopter and get down to D.C. and be sworn in as the first congresswoman, uh, b- female black congresswoman to represent Pennsylvania? Uh, it's going to be a historic day. Uh, it's going to be a lot of confusion. Well, they just they took all the wind out of those totally. sails uh, and made it much more difficult for them to do what they claim they have a mandate to do, which is lead. Definitely stole like a heck of a news story opportunity and maybe even like, you know, fantastic little mini documentary from Summer Lee voting for speaker, being a part of whatever happens here, jumping in a helicopter to Washington for more action. You know, what an incredible day it could have been. Instead, hey, listen, we need you to quit yeah. quietly, quiet quitting and uh, and and get right out of town because we got to pull something here. I just like imagine like the, the Democrats uh, in, in their caucus and I'm envisioning it like a, a football locker room where like Everybody's like, yeah, we're going to win. Like, they're like slamming their helmets together, pushing each other around. Like, this is going to be the greatest thing in the world. And then they get blown out because they, they like, they're fumbling the ball. They're turning it over. Uh, like, they think that they thought this was going to be a great play. They try to power grab. Uh, and uh, they end up being like the Patriots this last weekend against the Raiders <laughs> and uh, tossing the ball backwards until it gets intercepted. Well, I was going to say, wait, this is like the Broncos game earlier in the season. Remember, they ran off like two and a half minutes when they should have called a timeout earlier. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, now we mean a timeout. Like, it's complete. You're exactly right. Game mismanagement. 
Yes. And hey, look, it's a uh, it's a bank error in Republicans' favor, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all we all wait to see what the courts do now, and the special elections will happen. Uh, nobody is trying to delay them or block them from happening, and eventually this 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 chamber will have an established majority when all these seats are refilled, and and we will continue. Well, and, but our my business. favorite thing, Mike, is that you have other House Democrats who are still running for other offices. You have Sarah Morato running for county executive, Amen Brown running for mayor of Philadelphia. Uh, the Democrats love their majority so much that they're running for other offices to get out of here. What a wild, wild situation. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, weird, wild stuff, huh? All right. Uh, we promised you last time for our five listeners that we would talk about some uh, Christmas uh, traditions and things going on. What, what goes on in the Straub House? So what, like the way that, so what are my personal traditions? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like what, what's, uh, all right. Well, all right. well maybe, maybe, maybe I'll start. I'll start. Uh, my wife and I have, have hosted Christmas for both of our families for the last number of years. And, uh, it's so wait, both sets of in-laws in your house at yes, the same time? Yeah. Bold. Yep. Yeah, Bold well, strategy. You know, hey, look, my dad always said the greatest gift you'll ever get is a, uh, a good set of in-laws, and, and I have them, and they get along very well, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's truly a blessing that everybody can be in the same house together, and uh, they've always been very helpful to me and, and, and my wife in our life, and uh, especially around the holiday season here where things get extra hectic. I'm, I'm so, tearing up. So here's a couple of things that, that we do. Uh, first is a small gift exchange during, or like heavy hors d'oeuvres on Christmas Eve. So like I'll make like Old Bay shrimp. Uh, we always do like, you know, a little bit of a poor man charcuterie tray. And uh, an artichoke dip is a big thing in our house. And then somebody brings, uh, you know, some dessert over. So I'll exchange one gift on Christmas Eve. And then um, uh, on Christmas Day, we have now, for the last several years, cooked a New York strip roast. So if you like uh, New York strip steak, it, it's it's like that, but it's in a roast form. Mm-hmm. Very good, and it comes with a accompaniment of many different sides. It's like almost like a it's almost like a, a mirror universe Thanksgiving where the foods are a little different, but the sides are still great. Yeah, uh, of course, of, of the listeners of this podcast will remember uh, Gulliver's corn from last year, which is corn and uh, heavy cream and cheese. Uh, you can't really go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, again, more hors d'oeuvres. Uh, the strip roast is always great. Although I told my wife after like now like four years of making this, and we always end up having to be like, "Oh yeah, it said it was going to be done in two and a half hours." Like six hours later, we're like, "It's done now." Uh, I was like, "We should just find out how long we really actually need to cook it for, and do that so we're not embarrassing ourselves when we have our guests over who kind of want to get out of here." Nice, nice. That sounds great. I like all that. I, I give you a lot of credit for bringing all the family together. I think there's that's been lost in a lot of places and a lot of homes so fantastic my my so my christmas tradition that i have stolen from my own childhood that i I bring into adulthood is that we celebrate sort of a british slash canadian christmas so my grandmother is from a place called lethbridge alberta uh and she an incredible story she basically got tired of being a little western canadian kid i think she was like second youngest out of a bunch and she was like, this is like the 20s. And she goes, I don't want to live in this country anymore. I want to live in America. And I want to live in New York City. And she took the train to New York City, not really knowing anybody, from Lethbridge, Alberta, and ended up meeting my grandfather there and having a great life as New Yorkers. And so she brought some Canadian traditions that have lasted. And so have you guys ever seen Christmas poppers? You know what that is? So it's, it looks kind of like a wrapped present in a tube form. Uh, and it sits on the table mat uh, as you're about to have Christmas dinner. And each person, you share it with the person next to you, and you pull on each end, and it has like a little cap inside, like a little, almost like 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 a little, like a cap gun kind of cap. Yeah. So it pops. That's the popping sensation, and then cheap, cheap presents are inside, and a joke. 
always a printed joke, <laughs> and then a crown, a paper crown. And so every Christmas in my life results in everybody eating dinner, which is normally standing rib roast, prime rib, sometimes leg of lamb. We don't have a, a, stand, a standard tradition. And then these ridiculous paper crowns on. And I've always thought this is normal. I thought this is what people do at Christmas. I didn't realize until like almost adulthood that other people don't do this. I remember a Christmas where like, like my sister was getting married and her in-laws were coming over to check on us and we all had paper crowns on our heads and everybody's like, what is wrong with you people? So again, my wife also took some adjusting to this, but I've forced it upon anybody We've hosted Christmas at my house with my in-laws, things like that. And I'm like, everybody take one of these poppers, put a crown on your head, and it's a blast. Now, you're like, where do you even find these things? Now, in the age of the internet, they're always available online. Oddly enough, it's always something that Costco has. So it's like everybody walks right past, like, what is that for? But anybody who was raised in a strange, like, it's apparently a big British tradition. English, maybe not. I bet, I bet like, Wales and, and Northern Ireland don't do this. I bet only the English do this. Uh, and then Canadians, who, of course, have no culture of their own that want to be Americans or English. So <laughs> well, you know what Robert Williams said from. about Canada. What's that? It's about it's, it's like living in a big loft apartment above a club. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's what that's the weird fun thing we do at our house is, is paper crowns. Yeah, well that's uh, that's great. The other thing, uh, we, you know, we're actually my family is more of uh, stocking people than we are of like the tree. Um, so we have a small tree, and of course there's some gifts under there. But everybody in my family, uh, we have a very large mantle in our living room. Everybody from uh, me and my wife and my son to uh, we have a stocking for uh, a guest. Everybody has their names on their stockings. My in-laws, we have ones for my wife's brothers, my brother, uh, sister-in-law, girlfriends. uh, As they come and gone, have gotten their own stockings. Wow. Um, There's a stocking for baby Jesus. There's a stocking for the dog. Uh, so the stockings are hung, and they all get gifts in them, and that's really a great place. Uh, the, the stocking holders, we don't actually hang them on the mantle, even though previous owners did put hooks underneath the mantle so you can actually hang the stockings. Um, we have stocking holders that sit on top of the mantle, and they hang down. Um, they're very heavy, so they can handle some, some serious gifts. Now, when I was growing up, we had stockings, but we didn't have a mantle, so my mom would put them around the, the, uh, the railing post on the stairs going up to the second floor. But yeah, so that's that's also something a little uh, a little different about what we do. My my when growing up, we were it was all tree stuff. Like everything was under the tree. You got like some candy in your stocking and like a gift card, and that was kind of it. But uh, but the big presents were under the tree. Here, like I think there's I wouldn't say you're encouraged, but certainly you know the the bulk of the adult gifts uh, are given in the stockings. I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, we spent so much dang money on these two dinners that, you know, the gift Jeez. giving is. I'm just kidding. Thanks, Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> uh, well, folks, that's uh, generally assembled for uh, for this week. And we'll probably be back after the new year. Who knows what might happen next week. But uh, if we have to do an emergency podcast session, we will. But uh, otherwise, we will uh, be toiling away, uh, working for the people and the taxpayers of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New, new year. year. Happy Hanukkah. All that good stuff. And uh, for Mike Straub, I'm Jason Gottesman. This has been Generally Assembled, and you can find Generally Assembled where all your favorite podcasts are found, www.pasgop.com slash mypodcast. It's also on Apple, Google, Spotify, and maybe some other places soon. We'll see you all next year.